I had a dead end job, wasn't making a lot of money, um, you know, just kind of bored. And I, I was, I, I'd been discharged from the military, working my crappy job, um, dropped out of college four times. And uh, yeah, I, I just kind of had no direction in life. And, and uh, you know, I picked up a camera and it became this reason to travel. It became a reason to go hiking. Uh, you know, it just, it gave you, at least me, it gave me a sense of purpose, like you said. That. Hey, Weekend Hunters, welcome back to the RO Photography Podcast, where we share our passion and share how photography have give us hope, purpose, and happiness. And today I have uh, a photographer who's been in the business for uh, such a long time, and he is crushing it, Ryan Dyer. How are you doing, Ryan? Doing well, man. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, man. Like, uh, you know, it's, uh, I heard you on a, on a clubhouse, and I, I came right at the end of it, and I saw your work, and it's like, man, I need to talk to this guy. He is just crushing it. And, uh, you know, ever since that, I um, started watching some of your tutorial, and it's, it's, it's amazing, um, you know. Um, the work that you put in your craft, it's, it's incredible. Um, so um, do you want to introduce yourself to, to the listener and, um, you know, share uh, a little bit about who is Ryan and um, what got you um, fall in love with photography? Yeah, um, I'm just some average landscape photographer from Seattle. Um, just like to point my camera at stuff. Um, Getting into photography God, almost 15 years ago now. Um, yeah, I was just bored. I was kind of, I lacked any sort of direction in my life. I didn't have any hobbies. I was just kind of a bored human. And I got a, a, a camera as a gift and started taking it with me just on road trips and things like that. Taking it with me snowboarding, um, you know, and, and you just kind of get bit by the bug, you know, some people pick up a camera and they never think anything of it. It's just snapshots to, to share with family and friends, but there's a, a select few of us who pick up a camera, start taking pictures and then go, Oh, this picture was better than that last picture I took. I wonder why, right? I like this a little bit more or, Oh, this picture sucks. I wonder why. And so you start researching photography and looking into it. And for me, it was, uh, back in the day finding Flickr. Um, you know, I, I got on Flickr and just started seeing, oh, there's a lot of people who do this type of thing and they're really good at it. And and how can I get good at this? And, um, you know, 15 years later, I'm still sitting here going, how can I get good at this? But um, yeah, it just become, it became a, an obsession for me. You know, it kind of filled this void I had in my life. So yeah, I mean, it sounds really lame and like, nerdy art guy but uh yeah it's just something with it clicked in me you know what i mean that is awesome um ryan and um you know like this is this is what the whole podcast is about um you know like it's the same for my journey as well like um you yeah. know photography really give me that purpose so um it's amazing you know to hear that um and you know to take it to where you are right now uh what was life before photography like what do you do i know that you say you know you were kind of like lingering around not trying to think what's next and stuff like that but um yeah what was life before that um i had a dead-end job wasn't making a lot of money um you know just kind of bored and i i was i i'd been discharged from the military working my crappy job um dropped out of college four times and uh yeah i, I just kind of had no direction in life and and, uh, you know, I picked up a camera and it became this reason to travel. It became a reason to go hiking. Uh, you know, it just, it gave you, at least me, it gave me a sense of purpose. Like you said that, you know, now I have something to focus my energy on instead of just working my shitty job and going home and drinking beers and, and watching Netflix, you know, it was, well, I, Netflix wasn't around back then, but, uh, watching dvds back when we used to watch dvds um yeah so it just kind of gave me a passion that i didn't have for anything else 
that's that's amazing um you know thanks for sharing that right now um, you know yeah, it's, uh, it's that's awesome um what so what what got you fall in love with photography you know what i know that you you got that um camera as a gift and you start taking photo and um but what was the point in in that journey where you're like you know what this is really awesome and i want to you know pursue this um you know further and i want to get better at it um, is there a, a turning point anywhere in there or is it just a constant of hunger that you want to be, oh, now that I know how to do this, I want to be better at it? It, it was finding Flickr. Like I said, it, it was, you know, it was just me with my camera taking these dumb photos of trees or mountains or whatever and not knowing anything about photography. Um, actually, I took photography in high school, a 35 millimeter black and white film class. And I skipped class almost every day and I almost failed the class, but I cheated and, and passed. I just, I thought photography was the lamest thing. I, I, I took it because I thought it'd be an easy A. I was a really bad student. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was never into photography. I thought it was lame, but um, you know, I got that camera as a gift. I started snapping photos, not to try to do photography, but just snapping photos. And, and then I found Flickr. Um, that online community of photographers and started seeing others, people who are really good at this. And that was when it clicked for me is, is, Oh, I could learn how to be good at this. And that would be fun. And uh, so, yeah, it was just kind of finding great photographers online and, and it kind of sparked that interest to, and drive to learn what the hell I'm doing with the camera. That's cool. Do you have like any, um, anyone that like was, you know, that you remember as an inspired that you look through, um, you know, their work and they're like, you know what, I want to be able to, to take that photo or be like him or whatnot. The first guy I remember seeing and really loving his work was Michael Anderson. Um, he's Colorado based, but, um, he'd taken many trips to the Himalaya and, those photos he had back then, it must've been 2007 when I came across him and uh, I just fell in love with, with his work. And so that was the guy I looked at like, oh, this guy's awesome. And look how he frames his photos and, and uh, his composition is just, everything made me fall in love with his work. I still love his work to this day, but um, that was kind of the main guy. Um, but I'd also always loved oil painters, um, Thomas Cole, Albert Bierstadt. I grew up watching um, um, Bob Ross on, on public broadcasting channel. The, the, the guy with the Afro paints the happy little trees. Um, when I was younger, I tried to oil paint um, and I sucked at it. I've got no, no reason to be holding a paintbrush ever, but um, I tried to oil paint when I was younger and I couldn't, but I still loved landscape oil painters. Um, and so I took a lot of inspiration from, you know, the, those classic guys like Albert Bierstadt and uh, the way he handled light um, and, and atmosphere and stormy conditions and, and um, transitions from really dark areas in, in a scene to really bright areas. Um, that, that was and still is a huge inspiration to me. That's cool. Um, you know, um, it's really interesting to hear your story and, you know, you're sharing this, uh, these struggles early on in your life, um, you know, and it seems like you wanted to be um, artistic and creative, but it felt like, you know, it, there was a struggle, there was a barrier that you felt like you can't get there. And I'm sure there are a lot of people in the listeners right now thinking like, you know, I, I love photography, but, um, you know, I'm just not cut out for it or I'm not creative or, or whatever it may be. And, um, the, you know, that, that is something that going through a lot of um, our, our head and thinking about that we are not good enough. You know, we're not like these guys in, in Instagram that make these awesome photos. Um, um, was there a moment in, in time um, where, you know, um, you become um, comfortable or you become confident that this is something that you can do? Um, and what makes you feel like you know, you can excel in photography and what can the listeners who have, who are in this situation right now, you know, back when you were, you were there can take out of your journey um, to help them push across this 
um, mindset that stopped them to to pursue this passion? Well, I, I think photography as an art form is easier to get into than most types of art. Um, you, well, yes, there is some. Some people are very naturally talented with with a camera, um, but I don't think you need natural talent to become a great photographer. Um, photography is one of those things. I think anybody can learn to be good at it with enough practice and patience and and investing in knowledge. Um, you know, it's 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 not like becoming some god on a guitar, some Eddie Van Halen type level guitar player. That's the, the, most people will never be able to get there. But with a camera, I mean, it's there's these set rules that if you follow these rules to composition and color, um, and and transitions and light, um, you can you could be a good photographer. Um, there's people out there who follow those rules and then somehow take it at, you know, 20 steps further and become these legends. Um, but you know, there's people like me who I'm, I'm not naturally talented with a camera or with Photoshop. You know, I've just invested a shit ton of time, you know? So, and the other cool thing is that, I mean, you never stop learning in any art form. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, you, you never reach a, uh, the pinnacle of what you can do. Um, you know, I'm 15 years into it. I'm still learning new things every year that I go, Oh crap. I never thought about it this way. Or, you know, you try something new in processing, you try something new compositionally. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ever evolving journey until you decide you're not interested anymore or you die. I mean, it, it's, if, if you're really in love with photography, then you just stick with it and you'll always be learning something and you don't have to be naturally gifted to, to become good at what you do with the camera. Yeah. So that's incredible. Um, and you know, like, um, um, hopefully a lot of, uh, a lot of you who are listening to this, who, who are thinking that you're not good enough, take that into heart. And, you know, if that's, um, if photography is something you enjoy, um, you've heard it yourself from Brian, who's, um, you know, I think we can agree that he has made a good success out of his, his photography journey. Um, well, and the other thing is, is, is early on, it's easy to look at other people's work, compare it to your own and then feel like, Oh shit, I'm, I'm not as good as that guy. I'm not as good as that girl. I, I'm not, I'm not good enough to be able to, to, I'm not good enough to keep doing this. I should just give up. The, that's the wrong way of looking at other people's work. In my opinion, it's easy to look at people's work and compare it to your own and feel bummed out. The, the healthy way to do it is to look at other people's work and go, this is what I like about their work. And how can I take that and, and spin that as my own thing or take inspiration from the work instead of just comparing going, they're doing this awesome stuff. I'm not, um, that makes me feel bad. Look at people's work objectively. I like this about their photos. I don't like this about their photos and let that inspire your own work. You know, it, it's, I've always said in interviews like this, that um, I treat, there's a lot of talk in the industry or whatever this little community of landscape photographers is about people copying each other's work and all that. And I've always said that, you know, when, when you first sit down to learn how to play guitar, you don't write music, right? You, you sit down with a guitar and you learn how to play smoke on the water with one of the, you know, most popular simple riffs of all time on guitar. Um, and, and you just kind of learn other people's music uh, until you become proficient enough at your craft to be able to write music. It's the same thing with photography, you know, you know, take your camera out, take inspiration from other people's work, combine everything you like from all the photos you see and kind of create your own Frankenstein monster out of it and, and piece together your own style and your own thing you want to do, you know? So, you know, it, I don't like a lot of the crap talk that goes on with younger photographers by more advanced photographers um, saying how they're just copying everybody else. Cause that's what artists do in the beginning. They did no artist 
sits down for the first time and creates something insanely good without any inspiration, you know, so. Uh, thanks for sharing that, Ryan. Um, you know, I, yeah. I wish this is something that I was, um, I heard earlier on my um, photography journey. Um, you know, I think um, for a lot of people who kind of just started as well, um, hearing that, um, you know, it's not, sometimes when you start, you just don't know, right? Um, you know what you know. And um, what you say there about, you know, taking inspiration from other people's work and looking at what, what you like out of it and make it your own. That is such a great, um, you know, just phrase and inspiration, um, that little sentence itself, because the key is take the inspiration, you know, like yeah. it's, copying is, uh, you know, it's sure, like you might want to do like a, the, the popular um, framing, we all do that, but, you know, taking that next step of taking the different um, aspect of that photography and creating your own, that's where you kind of, you know, yeah. differentiate yourself and create something that you're actually proud of. That's uh yeah that's that's an amazing um 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 advice that you just shared there. Um I'm quite interested um in terms of um you know just talk about you know creating a photo that's like unique that is yours. Um do you have any photo that you know that that you are most proud of um in terms of you felt like that was the photo um that you know that that you that was yours or you know a photo that um yes like I absolutely take this when you see this. Uh, this photo. Do you have any photo in mind that that you? I, I have. Like that? I have maybe five of those in my entire portfolio that I look at and I go, "This is what I want to do. This is what I'm striving to make." And I did it. Um, but the, the first time I ever got one of those photos was in 2000, is 2008 or 2009 in Glacier National Park, and it just everything came together perfectly. I was. I found this scene that that uh, I hadn't seen photographed before. There's this nice waterfall leading down this hill. Um, you know, the grassy mid-ground with, with um, big heads of bear, bear grass growing up. It's like these big stocky flowers. Um, and then off into the background of these peaks and a waterfall coming down. And, and I remember finding that and shooting it and getting incredible light and going, this is what I have been striving for and i nailed it um th that and the the memories from that day i was sitting there by myself in this waterfall watching this crazy light go off and then there were there were mountain goats walking by and like coming within a couple of feet and just sitting there and watching them and then looking at the light and taking my photos and it was just this all-encompassing moment of that this is this is why i do this you know, and, and to have that experience early on, um, that was one of the, the moments in, in my career, now that this is a career for me, that, that kept me motivated and kept me stoked on photography. And I think those, it's interesting, of those probably five photos I have that I think are like, really make a statement about what I'm trying to do with the camera. Um, all of those photos also have incredible memories attached to them. Um, and so may maybe it's as weird and, and lame as it sounds, like trying to be some deep artist or whatever. Um, I think it's interesting that the photos, I think, are my standout moments with the camera, all have really good personal memories attached to them. Um, you know, and so, so maybe I think they're really good photos and other people might not, but I get emotionally attached to certain photographs of mine, just because I remember the place. Um, I remember the smells. I, I remember what was going on in my life at the time. You know, maybe I was struggling with something or maybe I was really stoked on something, but yeah, I get personally attached to those photos and, and those five that I have that are my favorites, um, all have really good memories attached to them, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I feel the same way about my photography. Most of my photography that I really love or have really amazing like memories attached to it. Um, just out of curiosity, do you find that, um, you know, like going back to what you say, like you really love that, um, but is that, um, you know, is that what um, your audience love or do you, do you find that your audience like uh, more, uh, uh, 
like the, your photo that are more relatable what i mean by that is like a photo that are more you know in a, a popular landscape and stuff like that yeah i i i always think the 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 viewers don't connect with an image the same way we connect with our images just because we have those memories of shooting them and maybe we accomplished something with that photo that we we're trying to do that nobody else knows we were trying to to do this thing with this photo um yeah, so I, you know, that's why I don't pay too much attention to to likes and comments and things like that because you get too wrapped up in that. You you start shooting for likes and comments and and thinking about, okay, well this will do well on Instagram. Um, I try not to think about that ever at all. Um, I just do what I like to do. Uh, it, it's to the point where now I don't even look at a lot of photography anymore. Um, one because I, I've I've looked at so much photography and been inspired by so much over the years that, um, I've kind of got my own thing and I I have found my own way of doing things and my own style, and well yeah it's still good to find influences here and there. I'm also at the point in my career where I want, I don't want a lot of outside influence anymore. You know I, I want to influence my own path. You know I've. I've gotten proficient with my tools and now I kind of want to, you know, taking it back to the music analogy, I've gotten proficient with, with my instrument and now I can write music. Um, so that's kind of the stage I'm at now is I, I don't want a, a lot of outside influence, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't look at Instagram a bunch. Um, I don't look at photography websites a lot. Um, and, and part of that is I, I don't want to, shoot in a way that I think is going to be the biggest mass appeal. Um, and I don't want a ton of outside influence. So, so yeah, I, I definitely don't think about the viewer when I'm taking the photo. It, it, the only thing I think about is how is this composition going to help hold somebody's attention within the frame? That's the only thing I think about. Yeah, that's, um, that's a really um, interesting um, perspective there. Um, I know I, I struggle a lot with that, um, you know, um, especially on my first, second year um, of my photography journey. Um, you know, looking at those um, awesome photos, it really, you're right. It, like, it take me to this path. I was like, wow, that's awesome. I must take, you know, a photo like this. Yeah. Um, so, like, finding that balance is all, it's really hard. Um, but one thing that I really like about what you say there is, um, you know, like, um, you're, you're talking about the photo that you, you one of those um, favorite photo that you still remember that smell and the feeling in it. Um, and we know that photography is a medium, right? Photo is a, uh, uh, speaks a thousand words. That's what people say. It's a medium to share those story. Um, and you just mentioned that you're thinking about how your composition can hold and share those story to your audience. And, um, you know, um, um, being able to convey the, the emotion that you have. So I'm, I'd like to hear a little bit about, um, you know, what are some of the ways that you find um, really useful and effective that you, you do in order to be able to um, convey that the emotion and the story behind, um, behind the camera when you actually experience it yourself um, at that particular moment? I'm a very emotionally stunted human um I, uh, I i don't really i don't look at it so much as i'm trying to convey some emotion or some deep thing for me it's just about sharing um, my interpretation of a scene you know what what i look at the scene and go this is why i like this place and i'll try to put that into a photo i, I don't i don't get too deep into the meaning behind a photo thing um, a lot of people get really deep into that and i'm just not emotionally intelligent enough i don't think to consider those things in in my work um yeah for me it's just about trying to find a way to keep somebody's eye in the frame as long as i can um and so that's using things like leading lines or balancing foreground subjects um, lines that lead off into a midground, um, and then that midground somehow ties into the background and so it's just about keeping the eye moving throughout the frame from front to back um, in the slowest way possible, if that makes sense. Um, 
you know, I, I think the biggest thing people overlook in compositions are midgrounds. Uh, midgrounds to me are so important. So it's, all of my photos that I think um, work the best all have really strong midgrounds. It's easy to roll up to a, like a mountain scene and go, oh, here's here's some flowers and there's a mountain in the background and you snap the photo and walk away and you've got a decent shot. Um, but without any midground tying the foreground and background together, it's just flowers, mountains, done, nothing else to look at. Um, and while I, I used to shoot a lot of scenes like that, that was like my bread and butter is I, I just, I found a cool looking mountain. I found some interesting flowers and I got really low and wide and, and shot the scene of just flowers and mountains. And it makes a nice, pretty photo, but it, it's also very straightforward. It's not complex at all. And so, you know, these past several years, I've really been focusing on, on midgrounds and how to tie a foreground into a midground and a midground into a background, um, just to keep the viewer interested. And there's more to look at, and especially in like bigger prints, you know, a midground doesn't, you know, you can't convey it very well on Instagram, on you know, on your iPhone. But in bigger prints, those are the things that I'd like to look at in a big print: is all the little interesting details in the midground and background. Um, you know, if I'm if I've got a big print on my wall. Um, the foreground flowers aren't going to be what I walk up to the print and look closely at, you know, I'm looking close at, oh, there's a little waterfall back there in the background or, oh, look at that little lake that's down there in the midground. Um, so th that's kind of what I'm focusing on lately. And again, it, it's not me trying to tell some emotional story. It's just me trying to hold the viewer's eye as long as I can. You know what I mean? It's, that's really interesting. I know, you know, um, a lot of landscape photographer are, uh, focus on the foreground right um you know most mm -hmm. people say it's like oh yeah make sure you find good good foreground but um yeah that's i think you're the first person that says you know find an interesting midground um that's yeah that's it, really interesting uh, a good foreground still very important if you're shooting wide angle stuff um you know the foreground is how we it's how we enter a scene you know it's how you feel like you can walk into it you know um you know long lens stuff let's say you take a 300 millimeter shot of a mountain with some interesting clouds and whatnot. You don't feel like you're walking into that scene um, the same way you do with big wide angle, like grand landscapes. So foregrounds are super important for sure, because that's how we, that's how we enter the scene. But um, you, you want something to look at beyond entering the scene. You want you know, to go, okay, where am I going past this foreground? If that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, so in terms of um, the photo that really excite you the most, do you have a particular scenery or, um, you know, um, or genre, I suppose, in landscape photography that you, 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 that excite you the most? Um, I know you do a whole bunch of different stuff from seascape. Um, you know, you do a lot of mountains as well as like, you know, storm chasing with, which, um, which is high on my bucket list, but um, I, I, my, my plan got, got shut down by COVID last year, unfortunately. Yep. Um, yeah. but yeah, like, is there any, um, any part of it that really excites you that, you know, you, if there was one that you could choose, which one would that be? Mountains, easy mountains. If, if I could only shoot one, one subject for the rest of my life, it would be mountains. Um, I, th I think that's because that's when I first started shooting. Um, and th that was me taking my, my, uh, camera with me snowboarding. Um, you know, I, I grew up in Portland. Um, you know, just 30 minutes away from Mount Hood, pretty much. Um, and so snowboarding was a huge part of my childhood and my teens and, and early 20s. I'm too old and fragile for it now at 37. But um, yeah, it that's, that's where I loved to spend my time when I was younger is in the mountains. And so I think that just translated into photography for me. Um, it also mountains are pretty easy to photograph. I find it's a lot easier than easier than photographing a desert or a seascape. Um, so maybe maybe I choose that because it's easier than everything else, and I'm a lazy photographer. But um, yeah, I just love the mountains. And when I first made a trip to Glacier National Park 
in Montana with a camera. Um, that was like huge. That, you know, because I've been shooting kind of my local mountains, um, Mount, Mount Hood, Mount St. Helens, Mount Adams, just here in the Pacific Northwest, Mount Rainier. But um, going to the Rockies and shooting the Rockies for the first time was life-changing for me. It, Glacier National Park is still a place I go to all the time. Still have fun photographing it. Still have, um, you know, new places out there I want to see and photograph. Um, so yeah, if, for me, mountains all day, every day. If if I had to choose one, that would be it. Awesome. Yeah, like um, you know, I spent two years here now, almost yeah, a little bit over uh, two years in um in the Rockies, and I know yeah. exactly what you mean. It's uh, it, it's funny because um. When I was, uh, I used to do a um, portrait here. Um, I would take their photos and then they would send it to their families, and they think it's a it's a green screen. It's how, yeah, how yeah. beautiful that is. Uh, the Canadian Rockies up there are just gorgeous. It, I was supposed to be back last year again, and you know they, they don't let us Americans over the border anymore. But uh, hopefully later this year, we'll see. Fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait until we can travel again. Yeah, me too. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Um, so um, I was reading up on your um, on your bio here, and then you know one one of the, the thing that you wrote here um, was that um, you know photography had um, helped you guide um, towards being a better human. So um, I think that's really cool to hear that. And um, if you could like, you know, elaborate and share with us, you know, how does uh, photography have impacted you? Um, I know it, we kind of touch base on, you know, how it gives you like purpose and stuff like that, but is there anything more to it um, than that? Yeah. So, so I, I was a, I was an opiate addict when I was younger. Um, and, and when I got clean from drugs, uh, that's when I picked up a camera. Um, I had this void in my life that was, you know, drugs once filled and then no longer filled. And so I was just kind of trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do in my life. Um, you know, dead end job, you know, didn't have a lot of friends anymore. Um, you know, because all the friends I had were drug users and so I had to cut them out of my life. And, and, uh, yeah, I picked up the camera and started traveling and then, uh, yeah, it kind of filled this void and gave me a sense of purpose and something to do, um, while being sober and and I kind of grew up with a camera in a, in a way you know I was I was a young adult you know I was, a, I was in my 20s but um I started a lot of growing up to do and uh yeah th I mean it, through photography I met my best friend in the world uh Miles Morgan um don't let him know I said that about him but <laughs> he's uh yeah the the the, my best friend in the world who on paper, he and I should not be best friends, but uh, you know, I was this newly sober snowboarder kind of punk rock dude. And he was 13 years older, airline pilot, very successful, well-to-do man. And, and uh, we met through photography, just, you know, we met up in Mount Hood one day and just hit it off. Um, and, you know, 15 years later, he was the best man in my, in my wedding. I was the best man in his wedding. Um, so I met him and he was, he was this well-to-do man who I looked up to. I still look up to a lot, but, um, kind of, okay, yeah, it's time to grow up. you know, I've, I've, I've got to be more of an adult now. And so, um, having his kind of guidance and friendship and mentorship in life, um, helped a lot. And then I met my wife through photography. Um, you know, she, she was a photography. She commented on one of my posts on Facebook a long time ago. And then as a creepy man does, I was like, Oh, cute chick commented on my stuff. And I looked at her profile and then responded to her comments just because I'm a piece of shit. Um, but yeah, we just got to talking on Facebook about, about oil painters of all things, not about photography, but, um, photography is kind of how we connected. And uh, yeah, so now I have this wife and this family and, and my wife is actually the reason I'm doing this for a living. In uh, 2012, I moved up to Seattle with, with my then girlfriend, my now wife, um, was having trouble finding work. 
you know, I always work kind of crappy dead end jobs and I couldn't find work for a long time. She was supporting the family after we moved and uh, we got, we got into a big argument one night, like one of those really big blowout arguments you have in a relationship. And it was because I was so frustrated about not finding work and not contributing to the family like I should be. And she was like, why don't you try to do photography for a living then? And I thought that was the stupidest idea I'd ever heard. Um, she said, well, what else are you going to do? That's, that's the one thing you have that you're, you're good at. And if you try it, just see what happens. It, 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 it can't hurt. And so I reluctantly decided to try it. And uh, yeah, it's almost 10 years later now. And I'm, you know, this is my career. It's how I pay my bills. It's how I pay for my house. And, and uh, yeah, so I don't think photography was what helped me in my life. It was the relationships I made through photography that, uh, that really changed my, my, uh, my path in life. You know what I mean? That is incredible, Ryan. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, um, thanks for opening up and sharing that yeah, story. That's, uh, I know that, um, you know, I've heard, um, stories, um, you know, of people kind of, um, finding photography and get through the, you know, their addiction as well. Um, but, you know, hearing it firsthand from somebody who, who make a, 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 a full-time and a successful career out of it, such an inspiration. And um, yeah, that is incredible. Um, appreciate. I know it's not easy to, uh, to open up like that. And um, yeah, I appreciate That's all that. That's good, man. Yeah, that. it's all good. Um, I know that there's a lot of people out there who are thinking about, you know, um, pursuing their career. They might be, you know, on the, on the same um, situation of, um, ah, you know, like I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. And, um, you know, this, 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 um, this nine to five or whatever they're doing, it's not, it's not, doesn't really spark their life and they want something more out of it. Um, what are your thoughts and, um, you know, advice for people who, um, thinking about pursuing photography, um, especially landscape photography, you know, like, um, um, it's, it's considered one of the toughest way to, to earn yeah. a living from, especially when you're just starting out. Um, so I'd love to hear um, your, your take on that um, and your advice. Put in the time, pay your dues, um, get really good at what you do. Um, you know, if, if you're not creating images that are unique, that stand, stand out as your own, um, you're going to have a tough time making a living at it because the market is so saturated. There's so many photographers right now. Um, and so you have to find a way to make your photographs that are distinctly yours. Um, you have to get good. You, you have to be a, you know, I, I, I'm an okay photographer and I'm able to make a living at it. Um, but, you know, if, if I was on year one, two, three of, of when I was a photographer, um, I was, I was bad. I was a really bad photographer and I don't think I could have figured out how to make a living at it, but, um, it's a grind, man. I mean, you've, you've got to find your niche and, and what you do that nobody else is really doing and focus on that and try to become the best artist you can be, um, and, and, and become so, so different and so distinctly you that people have to take notice in what you're doing. Um, you know, it's hard for me, you know, while I've, I've had a a good career so far and I'm paying my bills with what I do, being self-employed is not easy. Um, the stress of wondering about the future and, you know, paying for your health insurance and you don't have some company matching your retirement fund. You, you have to invest in retirement yourself. You have to, you know, worry about the future. Okay. 15 years from now, am I still going to be able to do this for a living? You know, it's, it's a very emotionally taxing um, business to be in being self-employed as an artist, um, especially, you know, with COVID, like, like so many people relied on running tours as their sole source of income. And then COVID happened and those people, Hey, all of a sudden you're, you're out of income for two years, you know, and that's, that's terrifying. I, I'm lucky, you know, tours and workshops were only a small part of my business. So um, I've been able to maintain 
throughout this this mess. But um, I've seen a lot of people really struggle the past year. And uh, so it's this, if you're thinking about doing it for a living, really consider the emotional toll it takes on you. It's, it's, it's not, it's not easy. You know, having a guaranteed paycheck, you wake up, you, you punch the clock from nine to five, you know, you're getting paid, you know, you've got health benefits, you know, you've got a retirement fund, your boss may be an asshole, but at least, you know, from, from 5 PM to 9 AM, you don't have to worry about the company. You, you don't have to worry about, you know, the, the future of the company, you, you know, you don't have to be concerned with the company's revenue. Um, so just really think about it before getting into it for a living, because it's, it's not glitz and glamor. It's not just going out and shooting all the time. And it's a lot of stress and worry and planning and business and, and marketing and, and all that crap that comes with it. So um, make it work make it work because there's nothing better than getting paid for what you love to do. But there's also nothing worse than being, having the entire company on your shoulders and going, let's hope it works out in 20 years. We'll see, you know? So yeah, it, it just, just think about it hard before you give up something really good. You're paying your bills. You've got financial security and a future. Um, it's, it, it's hard for me to, tell anybody to give that up in pursuit of something really hard to accomplish. Um, you know, I'm a four-time college dropout who discharged from the military medically. I work dead end jobs. So I've got nothing to fall back on. If, if this doesn't work, I'll probably go work in a warehouse somewhere or, you know, go be a waiter somewhere who knows. But so, you know, maybe if, if you're giving up a successful career to try this, maybe you have something to fall back on if it doesn't work. And so maybe there's more security there, but I don't have that sort of security. So it's a little freaky being, being a business owner right now. Do you find that, um, you know, that, 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 that circumstances of not having anything to fall back on um, one of the keys, you know, to, to push yourself and make it work and, you know, not give up. Um, Cause I know like, you know, a, a lot of times like like you say you know this is a not not an easy thing to do to to make it work but um a lot of times when you have a fallback sometimes you know we, we think about well you know what if it doesn't work i can always have this to fall back on so you might not put as much effort on it so yeah. just wondering if you think that is uh, part of the key success to your um to your journey um yeah i think partly not having a safety net definitely is a motivator um it keeps you striving and hustling but um yeah i i also just think there's a certain type of person who who can pull this off um i'm i'm not the type of person i'm talking about i, I don't know how i'm able to make it a career at this I, I feel incredibly lucky and blessed and and uh undeserving but there's there's certain type a personalities out there who just they set their minds to something and they just go do it at any cost. They'll, they'll just jump headfirst and make it happen no matter what. I'm not that type of person. And so, um, yeah, I, I think not having the safety net is my big motivator. It's not because I'm some type A personality who strives for success. Um, this is just my only option for making a living, a decent living. You know, I, I can make a crappy living, so I'm doing something else, but if I want to make a decent living, this is my option. So I've got to just stay hungry, you know. You are so humble, um, Brian. Um, you know, it's uh, I, I love how um, you say that you're not you're not made for this, but you make it work anyway. And um, you know, I think that's that's a true testament to a lot of people that think that they might not be able to to make it work because if they put the hard work that and the dedication that you do, you know, the results is there. Like you know, it's 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 yeah. proven. So it's it's such an inspiring story to to listen to that. It's it's amazing. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so, um, going back to what you say there, um, you know, um, about you know, like with the social media and everything's being out there, it's really hard to stand out. And um, now, it's so many good photographers. It's not it's not that it's 
it's not that it's hard to to be a good photographer it's actually it's hard to be to to stand out among all these awesome photographers yeah. and you talk about this notion of um you know like um if that's something that you wanted to do um, especially to pursue it full time you need to be able to find that this differentiation and that uniqueness that um you know put yourself aside from other photographers um if you were to go back and you know to your um to, to the beginning or, you know, during the messy middle of your photography journey, uh, what are the different things that you could share with, um, with our audience um, on how to actually create and present that unique perspective or unique photo or um, unique story um, so that they can differentiate themselves and um, have more chance to success in this um, saturated niche? Yeah, I think it's, it's like we talked about earlier, it's, it's taking bits of inspiration from every photographer artist you like um, for me a lot of it was taking inspiration from not from landscape photographer landscape photographers but from uh, landscape oil painters um, just the way they handled light and and contrast and and atmosphere was different than a lot of people were doing with photography at the time and so for me that was kind of how I approached processing my images and that made me stand out um, from from other people who were kind of doing similar stuff that I was doing. Um, and so, yeah, it's just finding the little things you like in other people's work and combining them into this new thing that hasn't been seen before. You know, maybe this person handles texture in a certain way that's interesting, uh, but then this person handles highlights in a way that's different than what other people are doing. And so you find all these different things that you like and you can combine them into one thing that nobody else has combined these, these things before. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's a lot of just looking at, at a lot of photography and finding what you like in people's work and, and figuring out how to incorporate that into what you do. Um, I think that's the only way to stand out is to just kind of, cherry pick certain things and combine them into this new thing if that makes sense i love how you um you know take inspiration from oil painters um you know i think that's something that a lot of us might not consider um you know i know when i first heard of that um, um when you just said it earlier it's like wow that is that is incredible because um you know different different I suppose, you know, the thing that's going to make, 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 make your photo unique is the different perspective and the different thinking. And you got yeah. that from, from the oil painters as, a, as an inspiration. So that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I, 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 urge, I urge anybody to go check out Albert Bierstadt's work. Um, it, it's, it's truly incredible work that I think you can take a lot of inspiration from and put into your photography. So I, I, I urge people to check out his stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to check him out right after Sweet. this as well. So that's, that's awesome. Um, cool. Um, Ryan, it's been awesome conversation. I love to, um, you know, hear your, your stories, your struggle and how you get here. And it is such a massive inspiration to see um, the amount of work that you put in your craft and the journey. It's, it's just incredible story to, to hear, um, you know, the, that whole, um, progress that you, you do. Um, one question, one last question that I want to ask you, if there was um, one thing that you could, um, you know, give as an advice um, that you feel like the most important thing that they need to think about um, to other photographers, whether they just started or, you know, they, they have been in it for a while, what would that one advice be? Hmm. We already talked about mid-grounds, so I won't say that. Um, here's one. Don't be afraid to shoot handheld. Um, you, you, tripods are good and all that. You know, it's it's nice to use a tripod, but I see so many people using tripods, and I did it for the longest time. It wasn't for until like the past three or four years that I've realized, why am I using a tripod? I could shoot this handheld. Um, shoot handheld more often. It's, it's more freeing. Um, it's easier to find compositions when you're just walking around handheld with your camera. Um, you know, if, if you can shoot at a shutter speed fast enough to, to handhold, then do it. There's, there's no reason to use a tripod if, if you don't need to, if you're not blending exposures or focus stacking, um, shoot handheld. It, it is sometimes I even focus stack handheld. Um, 
you know, I, the older I get, the shakier my hands are. So I, I don't do it quite as well as I used to, but um, yeah, tripods can feel limiting sometimes. Um, so yeah, shoot handheld more often. It's, it's fun. That's awesome. That's a great advice. Um, something that uh, I haven't heard before. So that's, that's great. Um, well, Brian, that's uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been such an amazing inspiration um, hearing your stories. Um, for the listeners who want to learn more and um, see how they can, um, you know, not only get in touch, maybe work with you, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Well, first off, thanks for having me on and let me tell my, my dumb little story of how I've gotten where I've gotten. Um, appreciate it. Uh, yep. RyanDyer.com, Ryan Dyer um, on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. Just Ryan Dyer, Dyer with an A. Fantastic. Yeah, I'll make sure I'll put that on the, on the, on the description as well. So Thanks, if you can get there, um, you know, you can check on the description. But um, look, first of all, I just want to thank, thank you for uh, being here, uh, sparing your time. But um, second of all, I want to thank you for, um, I, sh I should say, most of all, for opening up and sharing your struggle. That is uh, such an inspiring story. Um, you know, um, I, I, I see a lot of, I, I've met a lot of um, successful photographers out there, but um, you're the first person to, um, that I've heard um, through such a big struggle and turn your life around um, to make this such a thriving, um, successful and you know, when I say successful, not only monetary, but, you know, you're doing something that you fulfill in your life. That's, yeah, um, yeah. I think that's a much bigger success than any money can buy. So um, kudos to you, man. Um, you're such an inspiration. I'm listening to well, this. Just, I'm that, getting goosebumps that, right now. <laughs> well, thanks for letting me talk about it. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more people with a very similar story to mine. Um, and a lot, even more people who weren't able to, to turn their life around. So um, I'm happy to talk about it. You know, it, I think it's something we should talk about more. Um, just the struggles people go through, even if they seemingly have some cool career, you know, it's, it's always a struggle. So happy to, uh, happy to open up about it. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I think with this, um, the new era of things that looks happening in the instant, um, it's really important that people realize the, the amount of work you have put to, to make this yeah. work. So that's yeah, amazing. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, we can just hopefully you enjoy that um, conversation. There's so much inspiration as well as wisdom within that um, with what Ryan had shared. Um, so um, make sure you check out his work. His work is absolutely amazing. He also offer um, awesome tutorials, um, which you can check in his um, in his social media as well as um, his website. Um, so highly recommend you to check it out um, and you will I can promise you, you will get blown away. It's just, um, but I'm glad that you tune in. And um, if you haven't already, so click the subscribe button um, so that you know the next time, um, you know, I interview other inspiring photographers um, and um, I'll see you next week until next time. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Ryan. I appreciate your time. And uh, that, that was great. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate being on.